Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up, everybody? What's up? It's Nate. I'm back with my co-host, TR, and we are already joined by our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Moore of the Bucks County Courier Times. Tom, thanks again for jumping on with us. Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Tom. Tom, How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, I am ready to go. Let's fire away. Cool. All right. Well, uh, you can start uh, that night. We we do want to talk about the, the Philadelphia 76ers, and you know you've been covering the Sixers for over, around 30 years, maybe a little more. But um, the Sixers just got rid of Brian Colangelo after the burner accounts and all the drama going on up there in Philly. Um, what what have you heard, if anything, from the Philly front office? Um, Who's gonna Who's gonna be the guy that they're gonna look to to try to maybe right the ship here? And do the players have issues with the front office now that they know that what was going on with Brian Colangelo, whether it be he or his family? Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting um, scenario. I think that was part of the issue. I, I think the you know the the comments that um, apparently were. Uh, uh, the burner accounts, the critical comments, and so on, were uh, Brian Colangelo's wife Barbara. But logically, that would mean they, you know, they originated from Brian, and you know, there were some critical, um, critical items uh, about everybody from Brett Brown to uh, Joel Embiid uh, to Markel Fultz, and then past Sixers, uh, Nerlens Noel and Julia Okafor, and, and so on. So, I think that was going to be an issue, and I think. Um, even if Brian Colangelo did not know anything that his wife was doing this until the, you know, the very end, um, I think that would have been difficult for him to, you know, to keep the job. I think, you know, appointing Brett Brown as the interim GM. Um, and I think, you know, giving some, you know, uh, I, I think in the short term is a really good idea because I mean, who better knows uh, than Brett Brown? Um, what they need in terms of, you know, who fits the style of play they, you know, that, that the Sixers, uh, you know, are married to. Um, They really need wing players, athletic, um, you know, wings. I think they were exposed in the Celtics series um, that, you know, the, the Marco Bellinelli, especially and JJ Redick to an extent, you know, just couldn't um, hang with the, the more athletic, quicker, um, wing players, uh, shooting guards, and small forwards of Boston. Um, and I think Brown, will, you know, the next two weeks will kind of lead the way in terms of the draft. And then 10 days later, the free agency begins. And, you know, you you take your best shot at LeBron James and perhaps Paul George and, you know, see what, ha- you know, see what happens uh, there. But, you know, I think they're going to look inside with Mark Eversley, who's the VP of player personnel. 
Um, I think outside, you know, you have some some good candidates. Obviously, uh, Mike Zarin, the VP of Basketball Administration, the number two guy with the Celtics, uh, Danny Ainge's right-hand man, I think he's very intriguing. I read where, and I did not know this, but he was apparently offered the job in 2013 and turned it down before, before Sam Hinkie was hired. Um, he's a very, uh, he, he's a, uh, uh, has a Harvard Law degree. He is really into uh, analytics and that type of thing. Um, he's also a salary cap expert. He's also the team counsel. So he wears a lot of hats and, and you know, is very highly regarded you know, around the league, you have David Griffin, the former Cavs GM, um, who left there a year ago. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's people like Elton Brand, um, but he just spent one year with the G League team in Delaware. I think it might be a little early for him to make a jump like that. Maybe he would need to be a number two or number three guy at the next level. Um but, yeah, and uh, Brandon Williams, who was with the Sixers for a number of years and was the assistant GM uh, with the Kings last year, um, you know, those people, uh, you know, are, I'm sure there's a bunch of others, but off the top of my head, you know, you know, that's a list of, you know, of of guys that I think, you know, merit consideration and I think, uh, you know, would fit well here. And Brandon Williams and Eversley obviously have worked for, with Brett Brown, so they already know Brett Brown. They, they have a, a working relationship, you know, with him. So, yeah, it's a it's a really really interesting time, and there's a lot going on, and you know uh, you know Brett Brown has more say than ever, but he you know as I wrote in a column last week, he he can help the Sixers and he can help him help himself during this process. Oh, that ugly word. Uh, anyway, um, Thomas Tr, I uh, I guess you can tell from the last comment, I'm not a big Sam Hankey guy, which which leads me to the. Uh, candidate from Boston who's analytics the one advantage that he has up there is uh it's kind of like a Doug Peterson thing when he looks upstairs um and communicates with the Eagles they have an analytics guy and a football guy and in Boston they have you know Danny Ainge is a full-fledged GM who's completely a basketball guy and then they have the analytics guy I, I, I'm tentative on giving the reins to a full analytical guy but um, out of the candidates you just named, his resume probably is the strongest. Um, I Right now, as we speak, eight days from the draft, um, do you think they will bring somebody in or leave it uh, by committee with Brett Brown and so forth going into the draft and then deal with the other thing later? Yeah, I'd be very surprised if, if you know, right, uh, the 21st is the draft, uh, you know, a week from Thursday, and uh, I, I would unless somebody just blows them away and they jump right in, I, I would be surprised. I mean, Josh Harris in the press conference uh, last week said that you know said that he uh, he doesn't know that they would have anybody by the end of the month. So if that's the case, Brett Brown. I mean, let's face it, Brett Brown has been the face of the organization with Hinky and with Colangelo. Typically, when things were happening, you know, the, neither of those guys spoke. So he was the one out there. You know, when Jaleel Okafor was suspended for two games for his, you know, detrimental contact to the team a couple years ago, um, you know, when injuries and things happened with Colangelo also, um, he was the guy out there uh, front and center. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, I think it's the right move and I think he's the right guy temporarily, but 
you know, it's a fair question. What, you know, what if uh, you're a free agent, you, you know, you interview LeBron on July 2nd, let's say, and he says, well, who's the GM? Um, right. And you say, you know, well, we're down to these three guys. I mean, at that point, would you, so, would you say, who would you like? Who's your preference? You know, I mean, I think he can pretty much play for anybody. But at a certain point, you know, you wonder. And another thing is, you know, people say, well, the Sixers should – the Sixers need to – you know, kind of make their roster better to make it more enticing for LeBron. So I understand that, but here's an example. Um, the Sixers really need to dump the salary, of, dump, dump the contract of Jared Bayless. He's under contract for $8.5 million next year. Um, he's not yeah. going to play, um, and they would need that space to sign LeBron. So somebody had suggested trading him in a, in a protected first-round pick to the Cavs for Kyle Korver. Um, and, you know, next year that would be fine. But the problem is if, if LeBron doesn't come here and you don't get Paul George, which I, I would be surprised if they get Paul George, uh, Kyle Korver is under contract in 2019-20 um, in two years for $7.5 million. Jared Bayless' contract is up. So now you don't have the money to offer a full, uh, uh, you know, a full max deal if you're going to go after Clay Thompson, who probably will re-sign with the Warriors, but you make the call anyway, or – um, if Kawhi Leonard, whether he gets traded or not, if he doesn't sign an extension, he'd be a free agent in 2019. And, you know, he, he's certainly a top 10 player in the league. He would fit, but you, you wouldn't have the space to do that. So you need to be smart if you want to make better. You, you, would, you can't tie up too much money beyond this upcoming season, or it could hamstring you uh, for the possibility of signing someone in 2019. And then the thing is, in 2020, Ben Simmons is due for a contract extension. So once he gets a contract extension with him and Embiid and then Dario Sarge would also be due for a contract extension, you're only going to be able to re-sign your own guys. Um, You're not going to have cap space to sign somebody. So that's why this summer and next summer, 2019, are so critical for this franchise. Gotcha. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what moves are made in the uh, the off season with free agency looming and the draft coming up. Um, one thing, speaking of the draft, the Sixers have been working out a lot of players. They've got a lot of picks. I believe they have five picks in this draft. Am I right on that, guys? Uh, you guys, six. The Sixers yeah, have numbers. Yeah. They have six. Okay. They have numbers ten and okay. twenty six, and then they have four second rounders. They will, you know, they will not make all six of those picks and they'll probably stash at least one player player overseas, if not more. I in my mock draft, I had them stashing two players um, overseas actually. So it's quite, I don't know, if, stash if, 26, they if, could stash, stash second rounder, they could trade them future picks. They could combine them and move up or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if they keep the pick they have right now, um, it, it's interesting to look at their needs you know they they're going to go after LeBron and they're going to go after they're going to go after everybody but they need a solid wing player as you mentioned earlier I've got them taking uh Mikhail Bridges from Villanova with the pick that they have I believe it's the the ninth pick in the draft uh maybe maybe it's the 10th I forget which one it is uh, right off the top of my head but that's who I have them taking in my mock draft um but what say what say you, Tom? Uh, who's who's the guy that you think the Sixers will end up with? You know, depending it's the tenth pick, uh, depending on yeah, I, who's available at ten. Right, right. I, I I mean I think it would be one of the MI bridges. You know, both uh, Miles from Michigan State and and Mikhail from Villanova um, are 
Yeah, I've seen McHale slotted to go everywhere, anywhere from seven to eleven, and Miles from like eight or nine to like twelve or thirteen. So they're both kind of in that yeah. range. Um, yeah, I've actually Miles got Miles going. I got Miles going right after him. So yeah, so I got them together like myself. Yeah, he's more of a two guard. He's a little smaller. He's a six four, six five, than Mikhail, who's six seven. I think Miles is maybe more NBA ready at the offensive end, um, but I think Mikhail is more NBA ready at the defensive end and is a better athlete. So I think it it kind of comes down to, you know, what you think is the best fit, um, what you're looking for specifically. I mean, uh, Mikhail is six seven, but his wingspan is seven foot. So, you know, he, he certainly has the – he can certainly guard twos and threes and maybe even beyond uh, two positions. I wrote something uh, like a month ago, and, I, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued by Michael Porter Jr. I know he only played in three games. He had, you know, back surgery um, uh, at Missouri. But he was the number two rated player in the high school class a year ago coming out of high school. If he's still yeah. on the board at, like, number seven or number – you know, I would be tempted, as, assuming I've done my due diligence and I find out there's no real worries with the back, that everything is fine, that it's, you know, there's no lingering effects or no reason to worry going forward. You know, I, I would certainly be willing to, you know, trade 10 and 26 for, you know, to try to move up to seven or eight and get him if I think that he's healthy. Because I, I, I just think he, just, he, he has a lot of skill and a lot of upside. Um uh, but in terms of Miles, I think Miles is a little maybe more of a safer pick. Um, excuse me, yeah, Miles a little safer pick. I think McHale has potentially more upside, but I think if he doesn't develop um, offensively in terms of being able to create his own shot and handling the ball better, mm-hmm. that you know he may he may not be. I mean, he's sort of the prototypical uh, McHale, the three and D guy. You know, he's a three point shooter and, a, and mm-hmm. you know looks like a pretty good defender. Uh, but can he? You yeah. know, can he develop the you know uh, be a better ball handler and uh, create shots for himself and for his teammates and that was another thing that showed in the Sixers Celtics series that the Sixers didn't have a lot of guys really the only guy they played who could create a shot for himself or anybody else essentially was Simmons Fultz didn't play since he you know regressed and really struggled in the Miami series so they really need guys who can create shots um, um, for their teammates um, and you know not have to kind of run plays all the time or at the end of the game when you need something, they can do it where, you, you know, where you can get a sh- decent shot off, which sometimes is an issue with this team. But I think Mikhail being yeah. familiar with the city would, uh, would also help where he went to Villanova. I think maybe that might play a little factor into it as well. Just in my opinion on that. Well, he's, he's, also, ahead, I mean, he's, from, he's from Malvern. He, he went to great Valley high school, you know, he spent, you know, essentially his whole life in the Philadelphia suburbs. Um, um, so, yeah, I covered – I probably did 11 Villanova games this year between the Big East and the regular season and so on. And, you know, got to see him play a lot. He, You know, he really took a big step forward from his uh, sophomore year to his junior year. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he has a lot of potential. Um, as I said, it's just a question of how much he can – how much he's willing to work and, you know, develop a better mid-range game and, and you know, as a ball handler, because you're going to need him if he's a two-guard to be a secondary ball handler. And, you know, if he's not able to do that, um, you know, that 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 that's something in the NBA with the pressure and so on. You, you need multiple guys able to bring the ball up the court. So, 
Um, you know, he certainly has a lot of ability. Yeah, it's a very interesting, you know, and usually every year you guys know somebody kind of falls that you don't expect and somebody jumps up that nobody expects and it kind of throws everything into a tizzy. So somebody's available that you didn't think would be there. you got to make sure you did your due diligence and you know what's going on and what his story is and if he makes sense and what his high school coach says and what opposing coaches say about him and what other players in college said about him, et cetera, et cetera. You got to, you have to be ready because there's so many examples of that happening where a guy everybody thought was going to go fifth is on the board at eight. Now what does the team at eight do? Yeah, I, uh, I've been following who they brought in to work out and it's like a veritable who's who. And it's, it's making my mock draft board go crazy because uh, partially just um, like Nate's from West Virginia and he's a big Javon Carter fan and he sold me on him. So I personally want them to keep both first round picks. And as you said, see if someone falls, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as far as Michael Porter Jr., I was a big, uh, I've always been a big McDonald's game and I've always dialed into high school uh, towards the end of their season to, you know, check out the potential prospects and what have you. And uh, I think he was number one until uh, Bagley reclassified. I think he was like the top dog. I think you're right. Uh, He ended up being number two. And I think he was the MVP of the McDonald's game, if I'm not mistaken. So he certainly has a lot of, you know, with, with the, with the Bagley's and Aitons and all those guys. Um, So he certainly has a lot of ability and a lot of upside, you know, didn't play much, um, you know, this year played the hurt, re-injured himself in his first game and then didn't play until the SEC tournament and then in the one NCAA game, and that was it. So, um, you know, there, you, you really need to do your work there. But it's just someone that would tempt me. It, it, it's kind of a guy who, you know, if you're looking for, um, you know, kind of undervalued, uh, you know, assets or, or potential, you know, difference makers, um, he's certainly a guy that if he's healthy, you know, could really move, you know, could move the needle. And here he wouldn't, whether it's him or Mikhail Bridges or Miles Bridges or whatever, you know, they wouldn't have to come in and play, you know, 40 minutes a game right away that, you know, they right. should, they should have enough depth that they could, you know, play 18 or 20 minutes a game as a rookie and get a taste and not have too much responsibility and, you know, and so on. And, uh, you know, get stronger, get accustomed to the travel and the competition and the side. You know, more size, more quickness, and all that stuff. Yeah, two two quick things. I, I I'm an outside the box thinker. Um, from that same McDonald's game, there was a guy Mitchell Robinson who was supposed to go to Western Michigan, and he was I think he was ranked about fourth or fifth, uh, maybe a little lower, but a center, and uh, he ended up not going to Western Michigan, and kind of sitting out, and he's available. So uh, with the six picks, whatever they do to benefit the team, I'm down with. I'm on board with. But he's a sneaky guy that could drop and end up making an impact down the road, a few years down the road. Um, he reminded me of a, a taller Sean Kemp. He was just a, a real strong presence, dunking over everybody and, and whatnot. And uh, the second uh, thing I was going to bring up was – Related but non-related, and it's certainly outside the box. If if LeBron does not end up here, and one of the other suitors, God forbid, is the Celtics, there's that dynamic with LeBron and Kyrie. Kyrie left them, and then he he kind of has to deal with them again. Um, is there any chance in this wacky world of off season that Kyrie Irving could somehow end up 
in Philadelphia if LeBron ends up in in Celtics in Boston rather. Well, he's going into the last year of his contract, so that just just like just like Kawhi Leonard, it's a little tricky because you you don't want to give up too much if you don't know if you can re-sign him if he's going to be a one-year rental. And he already has said he's not going to sign an extension with the Celtics because I think if he signed right now, like he could sign for a hundred forty million dollars. But if he waits till after the season, it would it would go up significantly in terms of what a max deal would be. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean. Well, he's got to be able to really shoot the ball because Simmons is kind of your point guard. And what's right. going to happen with Fultz? And you'd have a lot of ball handlers. Um, uh, it would depend, you know, if you could get him on a discounted deal or depending what it would cost you, that would certainly be something that, you know, you would consider, you know, for a year, depending what you, you know, what they would take in return or what you would do. I mean, it's always worth, uh, and Brian Colangelo and Sam Mankey were both this way. They always, you know, they always made the call. And that's what you need to do because you never know, um, you know, when somebody's going to say yes or or if somebody's really looking to move, make a deal. And, you know, they're not necessarily saying it publicly, but if you keep, uh, you know, you call it the right time and you offer the right stuff, you know, things things can happen. But, yeah, I mean, it. it uh, I would call the, the Spurs and see what they want for Kawhi Leonard. It's probably a lot right now, but maybe in a couple weeks um, if he doesn't, you know, resign or it doesn't look like it's going to work out there. Maybe the price would drop, but again, he he's, he'd be he'd be a free agent in 2019. So if he's not willing to sign an extension here, you can't give up you know two starters and a and the tenth pick for a one year rental. It's not worth it. Um, so that's the danger in guys like you know Kyrie and Kawhi Leonard that you know you could end up with nothing um, next summer at this time next year in you know, 12 and a half months, they could leave uh, and you get nothing in return. So kind of, uh, it makes it a little, you know, a little more complicated and you need to really be careful um, given those factors. One more, one more, Nate. Um, Great, great point on, great point on that, Tom. And uh, you've, you've kind of just educated me and sold me because of the key factor of the gentleman from Boston. You did end saying that he's a salary cap expert. So he's just moved up in, into my personal uh, um, rankings as far as potential GMs because that's obviously a huge factor. You need somebody who knows how to work those numbers. So thank oh, you for, for sure. educating so me on that point. Oh, sure. Well, thanks. I just, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there, there's a lot of really, you know. And the thing is there's a lot of decent general managers out there, but to, to be different and to, to be really good, you need somebody who's going to move the needle. You know, Danny Ainge has moved the needle. Look what he's done in, uh, you know, look what he's done in Boston. You need somebody here who's going to be able to make deals where you, that really benefit you and help your team both in the short and the long term, which is, uh, you know, which is not easy to do, but um, that's what the Sixers need. So if they can find somebody who they think can, can do that for them, you know, that should probably – probably be their pick and I could see Brett Brown still being in charge the first or second week of July if they don't have who they want yet or there's a second round of interviews or whatever and you know rumblings are that a lot of you know even GMs around the league are interested because you know it's a team with 52 wins two you know core pieces Embiid and Simmons that you know look like they could be you know uh you know top 10 or top 15 players for years to come so you know it is a it and the east really after the Celtics 
right, you know, especially if LeBron, assuming LeBron leaves the Cavs, you know, there isn't a whole lot in the East. So uh, the Celtics, you know, are the, uh, are the standard that, you know, you have, and the Sixers by losing to them four games to one in the, in the Eastern conference semifinals, they have an idea of where the Celtics are and where they need to get and what they, what they need to improve. Right on. Tom, do you have time for one more question? All right. Yep. One more. Thanks. All right. Um, well, this will be the last one again. Thank you for coming on and we really appreciate your time with us. And, um, you're, you're one of the best when it comes to reporting on the Sixers and thank you so much again for your time. But, um, J.J. Redick, Marco Bellinelli, Ersan Ilyasova, all contract, all their contracts are up. Do any of them, or more than one of them, end up back with the Sixers next season? All right. Well, let's say uh, let's say LeBron does come here, just for argument's sake. The all all you would be cap you would be at the salary cap limit. So the only. Uh, salary cap exception you would have would be a mid-level exception for about $4.55 million. I would offer that to J.J. Redick. I don't know if he would take it because even if LeBron's here, you, you still need shooters. So I would try to get him to come here with that exception. Um, if he doesn't come here, then I would go, you know, maybe Avery Bradley or somebody. You really need a shooter at that two-guard position. Now, if LeBron doesn't come here and Paul George doesn't come here and you can't get Kawhi Leonard in a reasonable trade, you could choose to do what Brian Colangelo did last year in that you could take – right now the Sixers have like $25, 26000000 million in cap space. You could use that on one-year players. You could give J.J. Redick you know, 13 or $14 million for one year to come back. And my next priority would be Ilyasova among that group. You know, you could give him six million or whatever it is. They do need a backup center, um, and Ilyasova kind of played that role to a degree. But they need a bigger guy, a backup center. You know, somebody who's you know six ten or bigger, and you know is a factor in the lane or whatever. So that's something that maybe you would throw three or four million at somebody there. For, you know, for a year, and then the idea would be next summer in 2019. Now you make your run at at Kawhi Leonard theoretically, or uh, perhaps Clay Thompson. Um, but Bellinelli, I think, you know, for, for the crazy shots that he made and, and, you know, for, he he certainly was an upgrade offensively off the bench. I think the Celtics really proved, they really took advantage of him at the defensive end. So I think you realize if, if you're going to upgrade, if you're going to advance past the, you know, beyond the second round, you're going to need to get more athletic wings. I mean, the Jalen Browns, um, you know, and the Jason Tatums and, and those guys, Marcus Smart's just, just smart from the Celtics, just abused, um, uh, Bellinelli and um, uh, JJ Redick, and I think you, know, you can live with one of those guys, but you can't have too many of those guys in the court at the same time. You just can't, you can't overcome that. You know the lack of athleticism and foot speed. So I, you know, I would say Bellinelli, it's time to move on, regardless of what happens. My first priority would be Redick. Either way, whether LeBron comes here or not, depending on what he's looking for, he got 23 million for this past year. So maybe he'd be willing to come if he thinks they have a chance to win a title. When LeBron goes places, guys tend to be willing to, you know, play for less because they're chasing rings and they know wherever he is, you're going to end up in the finals, which has happened what the last eight years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ilya Silva, you know, has value. When, when Sarich struggled, he he really um, stepped in and gave him quality minutes off the bench, and he could play at the end of games. Um, also, not the fastest guy, but. 
you know, a competent defender, a decent rebounder, stretch the floor, shoot the three, um, you know, and a pretty good passer and a good teammate and Embiid likes him. So that combination of factors, you know, would and he complements Embiid well as a stretch four. So, you know, yeah, I could see one or two of those guys potentially coming back depending what happens if they get LeBron. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been Tom Moore of the Bucks County Courier Times. Uh, our for 76ers coverage, you can find him on Twitter. What would be your Twitter handle, Tom? It is at Tom Moore Philly. All right, that's at Tom Moore Philly. Follow him. Anything Philadelphia news related, this is the guy, whether it be the Eagles, the Sixers, um, the Flyers, anything, anything Philadelphia related, Tom's the guy. And thank you again, Tom, so much for jumping on with us and giving us some time. Sure, if I don't know it, I'll just make it up with the Philly team. So (laughs) thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night. All right, good to catch up. That was Tom Moore. And we were happy to have him on the show. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back right after this. We want to invite you to check out our sponsor, WowFreeCam.com. For everything you could ever want and imagine in a cam site, it's finally here. It's WowFreeCam.com. You can log on right now and go look at some beautiful women men, and whatever else your heart desires. WowFreeCam.com limits absolutely nothing to your effect, and you can join right now and go check out all the fun over on WowFreeCam.com. Make sure that you are 18 or older before checking out the site, but we want to give our oldest sponsor some love here on Wide Men Can't Jump and the Wide Men Network. WowFreeCam.com have been with us from the beginning, And we want you to enjoy all the riches they have to offer. So check it out now. You don't know what you're missing. WowFreeCam.com must be 18 or older. Big thanks to WowFreeCam.com for all their support over the past six to, my Lord, we're up to eight, almost ten. We're almost to, this is flying by, TR, 32nd episode TR and myself started this little venture, and look what we what it turned into. Yeah, we have some uh, great guests. I was glad to be in attendance for Tom Moore. I mean, I've talked on Twitter a little <laughs> bit with him over the over the time we've been on the air, and uh, last time I had a last second emergency. <laughs> but uh, honestly, you you know you handled it awesome. You you had a great interview with Tom the first time, but uh, I was glad that I could get a little Philadelphia insight and. And the fact that the, like, you know me with the Sam Hankey thing, um, yeah. I had heard prior that they were considering, and uh, of course I forget his name, but the the gentleman from Boston who works hand-in-hand with Danny Ainge. But, uh, you know, now that he's kind of brought to reality the salary cap issue and, you know, there's the little bit of luxury tax and all that kind of stuff, but that's admittedly not my forte at uh, – it's going to be, uh, I guess the word's interesting because moving parts, and if you get the big piece, you, some people got to go, and, and you need a guy who knows how to crunch those numbers and schmooze people and everything else. So I guess uh, I guess I'm rooting for the gentleman from Boston. Yeah, there's a lot of moves the Sixers could make uh, this off season. It's gonna this off season is going to be fun. July 1st, like I'm I'm legitimately excited. <laughs> 
for July 1st to get here. We are going to have a time when that rolls around. Uh, free agency is always fun. But next week, TR, it's the moment we've been waiting for. The NBA draft is next Thursday, if you're listening. Uh, June 21st will be the draft. Um, next week, our 33rd episode will be the Wide Men Can't Jump draft special where we break down the entire first round of who we think is going to go. I'll finally reveal all of my picks. I keep giving them away for free on the air here. Should make these people pay for my picks. No, I'm kidding. But yeah. um, we'll be we'll be discussing, you know, who we think is going where and why. We'll be joined by the man who knows nothing about basketball, Tim Dombrova, our Canadian hockey expert who will be on here to discuss his thoughts on the NBA draft, and we're giving him the handicap this time. TR used our guest Thomas Bain last time when he did the NFL draft the first round. We're going to give Tim Thomas Bain this time, and Tim, TR, me, Thomas will all go around table for the two-hour session, and we're going to talk everything and everything, everything and anything NBA draft next week. So make sure you're on for that. But we still got tonight – uh, Tom Moore was our guest. We'll be joined later by Corey Waldron. Uh, we're going to talk a little basketball with him, talk about what's going on around the league. Talk about the NBA Finals, though, TR. The brooms were out. They got the brooms out, and LeBron James is looking at his team, and he's just looking around and just going, You've got me mad now. He's mad, <laughs> and he looks at J.R. Smith at the end of game one, and he's just like, You piece of slime, and bless his heart, after a sweep, all you can do is look at LeBron and think. A shame. A shame. 4-0, the Warriors uh. sweep the Cavs, and game four was not even a contest. We could all just stay Listen, at the house. The man yeah. had a broken hand, for God's sakes. I don't how can you, give how can a you good God damn, if he's got a broken hand. You know why he got a broken hand? For punching a, a chalkboard. That's his fault. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> well, at least it saved J.R. Smith's face. So um, He should have yeah, punched J.R. No, Smith's no. face. I would have loved that. I would have loved that. I, I don't hit know. Hit Draymond Green while you're at it. I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure because I was watching it as it unfolded that your favorite um, – LeBron lover Brian Windhorst broke that story because he he commented uh, like immediately after the game that you know something that like he kind of inferred that he knew all along like he himself Brian knew all along that uh, he says no uh, LeBron's not making an excuse I'm not making an excuse but uh, it, it should be reported that he he did have a self inflicted uh, hand injury. That he did not want to make public. <laughs> and uh, I'm not you know, making excuses. W- LeBron's not making excuses, but here's an excuse, basically. Yeah. I mean, the reality, I was, you know, I, I people might say I hedged my bet, so to speak. But when you guys put a gun to my head, uh, hypothetically, I said the Warriors, and I said, you know what? The Warriors in a sweep. And... You know, even though actively during the games, I was I was legitimately rooting for Cleveland and LeBron specifically. 
he won me over, and maybe it's the fact that we are in the possible suitors of his next home here in Philadelphia. But I was really hoping for him. Um, but reality and uh, fandom sometimes don't mix. And yeah, the Warriors. I hate were to just... interrupt you, Tr. I hate to interrupt okay. you, but ladies and gentlemen, it's background. Josh Brown has made an appearance. Holy. Background. That's all he's got. He all he's got is hello from a distance. (laughs) All right, JB. We'll see you next week. Told him we'll see him next week. Yeah. He said, good to see you. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Good night. Thank you and good night. All right. His Mavs, I think, are going to have a steal in the draft um, next week. No, we won't. No, we won't. (laughs) No, we won't. Like we've done everything else the past two years. Well, you know, that could happen too. But, uh, oh, it will. It will. <laughs> they've got a good spot at five, so we'll see where they go. But, uh, anyway, yeah, Golden State, and I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, TR. It's just had, had to make an appearance. That's fine. I, I was just saying, I was just saying what everybody else knew that the Warriors are the most dominant team. I don't buy for a second that, uh, Chris Paul. If he was there and his uh, and his twin brother Cliff Paul from the old insurance fucking commercials, <laughs> the warrior, the warriors, yeah, when they need when they need to turn it on, no matter who the hell was in Houston, they would have won that series too. Um, there's a narrative, and I hate using the word because it's a 2017 word that everybody overuses, but there's a, a minority narrative that. They were one quarter away from being in the Western Continent. No, they weren't. They weren't. Man. They, the, war, the Warriors' mentality is, uh, other than when Draymond Green got kicked out of the series for doing his dumb shit or, uh, you know, game five or whatever, when Cleveland for being himself, somehow. Yeah, for being a douche. Um, they're basically a four-year straight champion. And, you know, that was a, a key shot by Kyrie Irving in in the one in the middle that, that Cleveland won and good for them, good for that city and everything. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Warriors are the last four years with and without Durant have been the best team by a large margin. I don't care about record. Um, they're just dominant. And I'm hoping that changes soon. Uh, I saw a little scroll at the bottom that uh, Draymond Green, uh, I don't want to misquote it, Something to the effect that he he would uh, be available if if something or uh, I, you know what I shouldn't have brought it up if I didn't know exactly but something teasing that he, he you know not that he's you know uh, one of the free agents or anything but some, it said he would not resign if 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 the offer wasn't right and he would uh, like look look to other offers in other words just putting his name out there but. Uh, I, I don't think that the, they can last that much longer. Maybe they can. They're still relatively young, but uh, I think somebody's got to, you know, everybody's going to be making moves, which is great for our show. And I, I'll let you jump in after this. The, the, these guys, like, that I thought this uh, year coming out, the draft next week and what have you, the guys at the Sixers are coming and working out because they have two first-round picks, and it's you know ten and twenty-six respectively. Uh, 
bad, man. I thought this class was a no. down class, but to me it's not. I thought the same thing until I started going through the numbers and looking at the players. You know, like we discussed, um, the draft is looking like you're going to get players that are not going to be superstars, and there's not going to be a runaway like superstar in this draft. But, man, there are just role players galore all throughout this draft. Yeah. Even in the late 20s and in the second round, TR, there are diamonds in the rough in the tw- in yeah. the 30s. Like, to me, the best defender in the country could go in the 30s. And, of course, I'm a homer. I'm biased. But Javon Carter was the defensive player of the year. He is projected to go in the 30s in the second round. He's the best defender in college basketball. You know, there's going to be – Mitchell Robinson is projected, the center that you talked about. He's projected to go in the 20s. Uh, he may not – They some drafts even have him going outside of the first round. He's a 7-1 All-American. I don't know what he did I mean, in the off, in that one season, but he was a beast in that McDonald's game and the highlights of his yeah. senior year in high school. Well, he took the year off and just prepared for the draft was all he did. That's all the dude yeah. has done. He's getting ready for the draft. He's going to be an interesting. Um, he's going to be an interesting player to see where he ends up. I know where I have him going, but I won't reveal that until next week because uh, I've given away too many already. But there's just there's a lot of good players. Uh, Dante Divincenzo is projected late first rounder, early second rounder, and you saw how good he was. Jalen Brunson's a, a, a good player that could show up. There's a few foreign players that are really really good in this draft. They could really make an impact. There's, this draft could be a lot deeper than most people are expecting. Um, so who knows? The draft's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. But I, I did find the Draymond thing you were talking about. I will give you uh, some quotes here. Draymond Green will not sign an extension. He wants a max deal. That's what it was. So Draymond Green with signed four a five-year max deals. Yeah, Draymond Green signed a five-year, $82 million deal in 2015 so they could get Kevin Durant. Um, Draymond Green said, I took less so we could go after KD. I'm a student of this game. I studied the business side of it and the numbers where some people don't. They leave it up to their agent. So Draymond Green is eligible for a three-year, $72 million extension that starts in 2020 and 2021, but he would turn it down if offered. So he will be eligible for a super max five year two hundred and twenty six million dollar contract if the Warriors attempt to re sign him. And that's what he wants. According to this, uh his deal saved the Warriors two point three million in cap space in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, which allowed them to create a max salary when they traded Andrew Bogut and renounced the rights to Harrison Barnes and Festus Azili. And according to Green, that money's not changing my neighborhood. It's probably $6 million after taxes and fees. It's not changing my neighborhood, but championships can. Championships changed my life. So Draymond Green is after a super max deal. He's after a max contract. Hey, Draymond Green, you're not worth a max contract. You're a fourth man on a team. You're not worth that money. You should be lucky you got the money you got. Jesus. 
uh, in the current current state, uh, I agree. But we do not have a crystal ball to see what you know transpires over the next couple of years. I would lean towards his production will go down by that time. But who am I? Well, I'll what say this. The Warriors general manager was quoted as saying he will give Kevin Durant whatever Kevin Durant wants to stay. Kevin Durant is back-to-back finals MVPs. Despite whether you want to agree or disagree with that, it's true. So my thing is, how are you going to have Stephen Curry, Supermax deal? You got Clay Thompson coming up next year. Kevin Durant's going to get what he wants. Somebody's got to go. If Draymond Green wants a Supermax yeah. deal, he's got to go. That's If I'm the Warriors, I'm making that call. I'm not doing what the, the Thunder did and getting rid of a James Harden and keeping a Serge Ibaka when I can keep my Clay Thompson, my Kevin Durant, my Steph Curry. You can lose Draymond Green and still be dominant. You can. Yep. He's not yep, worth that I money. And, and you know, TR, TR, I'm, I'm begging. I am begging someone to take him and give him that ridiculous contract so we can watch him fall on his face, so we can see the holes in his game. When you say, okay, superstar, you want to be worth this money? Lead us. Take us to the playoffs. He'll be fishing come April. I'll be <laughs> – <coughs> I'm I'm hoping I can't wait just to see if I'm still alive. But anyway, um, <laughs> no. Uh, well, we all hope that you are. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't have anybody probably not all to, of to co-host this thing with me. <laughs> Tim, better start reading up on uh, basketball history. I guess now. Um, call call Steph in here as the uh, the backup or something. There you go. Um, but, yeah, there's, I mean, I feel rejuvenated as far as NBA basketball goes because, uh, you know, we, we just briefly touched on it and we, and we beat it to death last week, the NBA Finals. You know, four years in a row, same two teams. Enough Boring. already. Yeah. Um, like and I don't think it would have played out that over, way. Over. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have played out that way had injuries not, you know, reared their ugly head and and you can't you can't avoid them but you know it just didn't seem to happen to the warriors ever other than you know what's his name uh what's his name i'm saying steph Steph curry Curry. legendary legendary that's the thing Um, that's the thing you can the warriors can lose a guy they can go in missing a player because they have two other guys they they can step up any yep. of those guys can score 35-40 every night. They just got they have pure scorers and and let's not discount. I know the Warriors are more than just three guys. You can't discount guys like Sean Livingston who played exceptionally well in the finals. You can't disc Of course Draymond Green's a good player. I'm not going to say Draymond Green's not a good player cuz he is. He's a he's a good player. Is he worth a supermax deal? No, but is he a good player? Yes. Uh, they got Iguodala back in the finals, and that helped. Um, you have guys like Nick Young who can just shoot the lights out when he needs to. You know, he went from <laughs> – I believe the quote was he went from getting snitched or getting snitched to winning chips. I think that was the, the quote from winning championships. Uh-huh. So, 
Or no, it was I went from getting snitched on to putting rings on. That's what it was. That was that was the quote of Nick Young. Um good old swag. But they're they're more than that. Kavon Looney, who is a big a, a good presence on the inside. You know, they've they've got the these players that that all play well, you know, Jordan Bell and and guys like that, but you got to yeah, I mean, have that they driving. Got, they got Jordan Bell uh what the last pick of the first round or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, if he was playing for any other, not any other, but uh, I'd say twenty, twenty other teams, he could have started. A lot of rookies oh, yeah, started I this year. It. Well, here's the thing: I a mean, lot of these, a lot of the rookies that you see, and we call them busts, and those high first round picks is because they come out and they have to play immediately. You, ha- if you're taking a guy in the top five, you better be ready to play him immediately on your team. Unless you like, I agree. you know, traded for kind of pulled like Boston did and got Jason Tatum, but if you've got that guy, you're going to have to play him because he's got to make an immediate impact. You're depending on this top pick to help turn your franchise around. You can't take a project now. If you've got a late pick, you can let the and you've got players on your team that can help develop. You only get better by playing with players that make you better. That's why you see guys like guys that go to San Antonio, guys that go to Golden State. They play with these guys every single day. Jordan Bell plays with three of the best players in the world, three of the top ten in the league right now, every day. Yep. He's at practice. He's guarding these guys. He's playing with them. They're giving him pointers. He's going to get better. They're guarding him. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's the old Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers argument from the NFL. If Aaron Rodgers would have got taken first and went to that awful 49ers team, would he have been as good as he is now? Or would Alex Smith look like Aaron Rodgers does now because he sat behind Brett Favre and learned how to play the game? I mean, who knows? But that's what it comes down to. If you're on a team with good players, you will improve because you're playing against better players. That's the only way you can get better. That's why guys improve. Yeah, I I, I pretty much guarantee uh, whether he stays there or goes somewhere else, they'll be like, damn, uh, this guy's good. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's um, like, how did we they lose, lose this? some moving parts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, he's already got a ring, and he's already, you know. And uh, this uh, Kevin Durant was on Jimmy Kimmel, and it seems consensus. He asked him, you know, who had the biggest party or what have you, and he's like, oh, swag. without batting an eye, he said, Swaggy P. He said, we'd oh, be yeah. a, we'd be in. He said we'd be in towns like you know Milwaukee and. You know, not, nothing against Milwaukee, but, like, just non-traditional, like, party towns. Like, not yeah, party think, towns, well, in other actually, words. Eh, Milwaukee could be a party town. You know, they, they do have all the beer factories there. Well, uh, But I understand what true. you mean. True. He, he, he mentioned several of, of, the, of the towns not, in other words, not like New York and City L.A. Or, yeah, yeah there was smaller markets. There was one, too. And, and he said, at any time, we could be anywhere, and somehow Swaggy has his shirt off at a nightclub. And uh, <laughs> so he, he's enjoying he's enjoying his time in the NBA, whether it be a starter or the bench. He just loves the road. He, he'd probably make a good old-school pro wrestler, Swaggy P. Yeah, yeah, he probably would. Uh, yeah. that's, that's true. Um, but before I forgot we, to before ask we Tom. Move on, Go ahead. I, real quick, I forgot to ask Tom, and now I'm pissed. Uh, I don't know how. I think it broke earlier. It broke earlier today from the ringer again that 
mm-hmm. the word was uh, after faults. Uh, you remember I was like gloating when I, you know, I told everybody faults was not the guy, and then he came mm-hmm. in and worked out, and he shot like one for thirty-two, literally from three points. Yeah. And that you know, some people were making excuses that he just got out of a car coming from Maryland and blah 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 blah. And I said, no, he's just not the first player in the draft. You know, I couldn't I couldn't convince anybody till they saw it with their own eyes. But anyhow, um, the ringer said more developments as they come. But uh, a, a great amount of Sixers staff wanted to look at Tatum and even Lonzo harder after that workout. Um, and Colangelo shot them all down. And he said, nope, this is our guy. And, Ugh. you know, so that now that's, that's a story of – so, you know, Colangelo lost – I mean, I knew he made the deal and everything, but I didn't know he was that, that responsible for that pick. So, um, yeah, I wanted to know if Tom heard anything more on that. But, no, uh, what are you going to do? We'll get a hold of him again. Um yeah, but yeah, go we'll ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, no, you brought up um, the point where I was going. You actually segued uh, without even knowing it. You mentioned yeah, Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Um, Lavar Ball was on TV the other day. That's uh, Tim's favorite guy, Lavar Ball. <laughs> he made the statement that LeBron James plus Lonzo Ball plus LiAngelo Ball is a championship waiting to happen. TR. Wait a minute. Let me hear this guy, again. Lonzo Ball plus who? Leangelo Ball, his brother, and LeBron James is a championship. Uh, he, Tim, or TR, let me tell you this about this guy. Let me tell you about this guy. This guy is one of two things. He's either he he's basically the used car salesman of the NBA. Because this dude has a way to just keep his family's name in in the limelight. Because I'll be honest yeah. with you, Leangelo Ball is not getting drafted. <laughs> I don't want to break nah, it to anybody. So. Leangelo Ball is not getting drafted. If he gets drafted, it's going to be a pity pick for Magic Johnson. If he, Magic picks him, especially if Magic picks him in the first round, he should be fired. He should just be, and his name should be stricken from NBA record books. Leangelo Ball is not very good. Lonzo Ball is a good basketball player. Do I think Lonzo was the second best player in the draft? No, but do I understand why the Lakers took him? Yes. Man, Leangelo Ball is not a good basketball player. That dude has no business in the NBA. And if if I think Levar Ball, I think it's all put on. I don't think he knows. I don't think he believes his kids are this good. I think he knows that they're not as good, and he has to hype them in order to get them where they're at. And I think he's just trying think, to get people to buy what he's selling. And he wants to make people I mad to keep the name in the spotlight. Yeah, I, I think you were about to say, because you, you, you said it's one of two things. I think inevitably the second thing you were going to say was that he's batshit crazy and a psychopath. Yeah. Um, yeah am maybe. I, am I right along those lines? Yeah, it's either that or he's the biggest moron walking the planet. And I just don't think that's the case. Because the, the dude's smarter than he looks. Um, now granted he looks pretty dumb, but, but he's a little bit smarter than he looks cause he knows. And I'll be honest with you. I've, I've tried to reach out to him. I'd love to have him on. I swear. I'd love to have I him would on. Too. 
Oh God, I'd love it. Yeah, I would. But <laughs> you know, I really even don't in, think. Go ahead. He even went into business himself, for himself rather on Raw. He broke the broke the script yeah. that Vince told him not to do. It took off his shirt and yeah. You know. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got, uncontrollable. I'll give him that. Uh, that's um, a double on yeah, Andre he, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I lost my yeah. shot. Damn it. <laughs> I had it here somewhere. I lost it. I don't know where I put it. I'm really mad at myself yeah. for not being able to find that there because that was perfect. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Thank All you. I right, found it. All Thank right. But, uh, here all week. But yeah, try the veal. Tip your waitresses. But yeah, I just don't know about this guy. If he really believes that, then he should be committed. But. I don't think LiAngelo Ball is getting drafted. I just don't see it. The, he's not good enough. He hasn't improved. He hasn't gotten bigger. He's too skinny. The the shot needs work. He's just not ready. He's you just know not what I mean? Like maybe in a couple of years. I, I was, you know, I, you inspired me to really look hard, and that's what got me up for this draft because I, you know, instead of sitting around all night, I, I really looked into things and the available oh, yeah, talent out there. And he, like, he's not, I mean, I, it's hard to even put a number on him because, you know, he, of the thing in China where, you know, he, he left UCLA and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. he's not, he's he's not in the top, uh, I'll be, I'll just be safe and say he's not in the top 100 players right now available for the draft. And they only pick 60. Um so he may, uh, just as a courtesy, and, uh, you know, I don't know how hard Lavar is to actually communicate with, but uh, Lonzo is definitely an NBA player. There's no question there. And, and the little brothers, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I, showing I would never doubt that Lonzo would never doubt Lonzo because he is. If the little brother turns out to be uh, an all-star level player by that time, um Maybe just because Lavar's so batshit crazy and or a genius, you wanna uh, if you're Magic Johnson, say hey man, we we just have other needs, but no problem. I'll invite him to be part of our summer league team, and he can make it that way. You know, uh, now that that's I could possible. see, I could see that, and, and you know what, and, that's fine because you know, yeah, hell, almost anybody gets an invite to summer league, and if you can make it that way. More power to you. You got to earn your way. But I'm looking at the Lakers draft picks. They're sitting at 25, and they only have two picks this draft, then 47. 47 will be interesting. If they're going to take LiAngelo Ball, they'll take him at 47. But I seriously, this draft, as you said, is a lot deeper than people think Um, because there's like great players in the second round that are available. Like, look at a guy like, um, you know, whether you like him or not, Grayson Allen. He's a good player. He's a projected yeah. second-round pick. And you know, Jared Vanderbilt. Little... Can... Go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Jared um, Vanderbilt out of Kentucky. He's a second-round player. Um, you're looking at guys like, uh, just to name a few, Justin Jackson from Maryland, who had a good year. Uh, Devontae Graham. Who played at Kansas? He's he's a second rounder. Uh, Josh Oakey from 
Okigi, excuse me, from Georgia Tech, another good player. Mo Wagner, second-round projected pick. So, I mean, you got to step up your game this year. If you're if this is the draft you're coming in, you've got national players of the year that are looking at second-round picks. You're looking at guys like the guy who led Michigan to the finals against Villanova. Yeah. The dude that really showed up big for them, and Mo Wagner. Um, and he's second-round pick projected. So, yeah, what do you got, LiAngelo? That's that's the question. What can yeah, you do? Yeah, it's, it's – there's, like, from a Philadelphia standpoint, as I said, they've been working out just about everybody. Um, the two guys from Miami, uh, Lonnie was the other day, Lonnie Walker, and, and Bruce was there today with uh, Javon Carter and Bruce yeah. Brown. And the one that – you know, uh, we follow our friend Keith Pompey along with Tom Moore pretty closely. Um, there are guys, so to speak, that I that I look to for information and videos and so forth. Um, and Zaire Smith has um, blown away people. Like, uh, you know, he's projected 17, 16. You know, he's he's projected pretty high. Um, yeah. But he came in here and he, he dominated. Uh, so far, uh, as far as like everybody's attention, he he was the most holy shit guy that came through Philly, and you know he he could be that Donovan Mitchell um, gem, you know, in the mids, and then uh, then uh, you know this this is going to be crazy. Like uh, Tom mentioned, um, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, the one drawback on him is that he the word pass is not really in his vocabulary but um you know it wasn't really in kobe's either and kobe turned out okay not that i'm comparing those two um but there's just so many it's it yeah, is I mean, easier to have to have a real good basketball like uh, three or four good basketball minds really looking at these guys and yeah and i'll th- and i'll throw in the uh analytical guy you know what I mean? Um, I just don't want the analytical guy making the final call. But you well, put there's that nothing all wrong together. With analytics. There's yeah. nothing wrong with analytics at all. But you don't want – like, that's the thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with basketball evaluation. But you don't want everything to just be an eye test. You need stats. Right, right. Stats are important. You, you need a good mix. It's like when – I'm trying to think of – the only thing I can think of to, to say it is – you need a good mix of both when it comes to like even running the country. You need a good mix of both sides to make things work. And you need that for the NBA draft. And you need that for your front office. You don't want guys that only go by the eye test, but you don't need just guys who go by stats only. Does that make sense? You need a little bit of both. Sure. And sure. balance each other. It's a balancing act. So – uh, but we'll dive um, a little more into that here in just a second. Let's go ahead and take uh, one more time out here. We got a we, we got a guest that should be coming on with us anytime. So we'll go ahead and take another time out. We'll be right back right after this. Have you been injured on the job, facing divorce, experiencing workplace discrimination? You can rely on a compassionate, thorough representation at New Law Office. That's right, the practicing law of Stephen P. New. He has practice areas of personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, and employment discrimination. 
Mr. New is a proud sponsor of Wide Men Can't Jump, is a big basketball fan and also pro wrestling fan in the West Virginia area. Stephen P. New will fight for you and will represent you whether it be locally or nationally. Get your free consultation today by dialing 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Today, again, that's 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. That's right. Thanks to Stephen P. New, our sponsor. Had him on last week. He was awesome. Steve New's the man. We're so glad that he is uh, here with Wide Men Can't Jump. Wide Men Can't Jump, and he is a great dude. Agreed. Uh, You still with me, T.R.? There you are. There you are. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Okay, then you were silent. I thought I lost you. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I almost, I'm counting the days till next week's show. I, I really, and, and all the info that, oh, actually, there was some info on, who was it? Somebody that's uh, top 20 ish. Uh, had hand surgery today and is out two months. Now, obviously, that's not going to affect the regular season, but it might affect his his number. I forget who it was now. Uh, you're going to have to look it up. Damn it! What's, uh, what was it? Again? What was it again? I'm sorry. A top uh, twenty twenty five prospect uh, got hand surgery. Not Zion today, Williamson, it, is it? <laughs> No, no, not not from high school, not from uh, going into college, going into the pros. Um, one of the guys that was on everybody's list as a as a top twenty five or 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 under. Um, I just can't think of who it was. Um, uh, Kevin Herter, or uh, I forget how to. Oh yeah, that. yeah, I did see that. Uh, yeah, I did see that. It was um, actually AJ Wojnarowski had it up on his podcast. Or not on his podcast, but on his Twitter page. Hold on just a second. I would let me pull that up here because that was a that was some breaking news. Um, I checked that. I was looking into that whenever the show started. ESPN is reporting that Maryland's Kevin Huter, a projected first round pick, is undergoing surgery on his right hand and will miss two months. He will be sidelined. Uh, he had a surgery on his hand in June. For torn ligaments in his right hand. That's big yeah, news. But so, uh, speaking, of big, speaking of big news, TR, let, we'll get back to that in just a second. We are joined right now. I hate to interrupt you, buddy, but we are joined right now by, from Full Access Hoops and Off the Glass, this is Corey Waldron. Corey, what's up, buddy? What's up, boys? Sorry, I had a little technical difficulty, but um, better late than never, I suppose. Yeah, we had to, I was messaging Corey trying to figure out what the technical issues were. We got her straightened out. Uh, like I said, Corey is with off the glass and does full access hoops You can check him out online. Uh, we talked a little bit during the week, but he is at kwalhoops.com. That's K W A L hoops on Twitter. So follow him, show him some love. Um, so Corey, NBA season is over. The off season begins. Um, free agency rumors are going running rampant. What are you hearing? I know we've talked we've talked about LeBron. We've talked about Paul George possibly going to LA. 
How about some other guys? Are you hearing any other players that are maybe may have new spots next year, new landing, like maybe a Boogie Cousins? Or, or is there anyone out there making some waves prior to free agency? Uh, I mean, I, I've heard some rumors. Like, I don't know how true the rumors are, but, you know, the Wizards may have interest in DeMarcus Cousins, maybe a sign-in trade that sends Otto Porter Jr. to New Orleans, which obviously would address the wing issue the Pelicans have. Um, I think Boogie is kind of one of the players where, you know, he could end up on a several, like, dark horse teams, like maybe even the Lakers if they missed out on a Paul George, LeBron James. Maybe they swing at Marcus Cousins because they have all the cap space. Um, and I think Clint Capella, uh, I know that the Brooklyn Nets may have some interest in sending him, like, a restricted, you know, they've been known to send restricted free agents a max deal. I know they have some interest in him as well. Yeah, Boogie Cousins is interesting, as is Capella. Um Two interesting guys that, you know, get lost in the shuffle with uh, the LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, you know, possible wanting out of San Antonio and everything like that. But uh, had had Boogie Cousins not had that injury, uh, it would be a lot more fascinating to me um, what, you know, because then Miritic wouldn't be there and all that kind of stuff. And Anthony Davis has been on record saying he wants Boogie with him, blah, 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 blah. But. I mean, they they have seem to have a nice little chemistry, and 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 there's always questions with a, a Achilles injury. So, uh, you know, I I like Boogie Cousins a lot, and that'd be an interesting uh, a fit with L.A. Um, I have a a question, just an opinion question. Um, we've been talking. I'm from Philly, and Nate's a, a T Wolves guy. Um, okay. If you know, we were talking to Tom Moore, uh, a local uh, sports coverage, 30-year guy from the Bucks County Courier Times earlier about uh, Philly in the off season, And they have to uh, do a lot of uh, mixing and matching and, and dumping Jared Bayless' salary and everything to get people here. Uh, kind of echoing what Nate said. Uh, I think uh, we lost him, TR. We've lost him. Before he dropped. Uh, okay. okay, he's back. Hold Why on. do we always lose people when I'm talking? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> You're fine, back. man. We got you back here. We got you. It's okay. Corey, uh, I'm uh, sure it's our end because it, ha- it happened one one other time as well. Um, I, I was I was in the middle of saying it off the top of your head is that because we need obviously wing presence here in Philadelphia. If we shit the bed, for lack of a better terms, and LeBron goes elsewhere and we don't get Paul George and Kawhi staying where he's staying, anybody you see outside of my market that I'm not really zeroing in on that could help Philadelphia other than those names I, I put out there? Um, I mean, all right, so if we're looking at Philly, so, so some of the things that I look at that Philly I think needs. Um, obviously, I think Robert Covington is solid and everything else. Um, but some free agents I think could help them is maybe like maybe a guy like Tony Parker. There's been a rumbling he might not be back in San Antonio. Maybe maybe they bring him back as a backup point guard as a veteran. I mean, obviously Markel Fultz is expected to take on a bigger role. They they accepted the option today on T.J. McConnell, I believe, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe a guy like that. Uh, maybe they go after a guy like Trevor Ariza. They go after a veteran wing. For me, I think for Philly, it's about just getting guys who can play defense and then just more shooters. Obviously, I think the ideal guy for them would be a Paul George. I think a Kawhi Leonard, if they could get him, would be obviously the best choice. I don't know how true that could be. 
Um, I actually don't like LeBron in Philly at all, personally. I think it would mess up what they could have in the future. I'd rather go after guys who can play three and D, or maybe a, a you know a steadier guard. Because I don't know if JJ Reddick's going to be back, or if he's going to expect big money on that one-year deal with you guys. Right, I, I hear that. Well, you know, everybody's teams, it seems, have been making that. Anybody that's got a half a dollar in cap space this offseason seems like they want to throw what they can out just to bring LeBron in. Now, me, I'm a firm believer that LeBron holds teams hostage um, with his max contracts for one year with the player option, and he will just go in and decide, you know what, I don't really want to be here anymore. Uh, Bye, and opts out, and your team's left standing there. Just like, okay, well, we traded all of our young pieces away to get these pieces around you. I'm looking, and, and you look at Cleveland now. If he decides to leave Cleveland, which most people seem to think he will, especially after the sweep, they have nothing. They have Kevin Love and um, what's left of his knees. You got George Hill, Kyle Corver, just guys LeBron brought in. Cleveland could end up, if LeBron leaves, Cleveland could end up being a bottom. I'm talking bottom three team in the East. That's how bad that team would be after what LeBron gutted, how he's gutted that roster. Um, I've heard Charlotte maybe wants to make a move and get him. I've just heard so many crazy trade rumors. Uh, I've heard Charlotte. I've heard Boston, Philly. I've heard Houston, which the cap doesn't add up. Golden State even. There's rumors that Anthony Davis could be going to Golden State in a trade, and I, these rumors are all insane. Um, any I, I, you, any rumor that involves the Warriors getting another superstar is just blasphemy. Like it just to me makes no sense, and it would just I mean if it was to happen, it would ruin the. Yeah, I mean I'm with you. Like we're looking at an NBA now where it's so that anybody with a pulse doesn't pick you know, whatever team in the East they want, and then the Warriors in the West. You have three of the top ten players in the league. And this is a, a league that stopped a trade under David Stern that allowed would have allowed Chris Paul to be a Laker. And it was a pretty even trade, I thought, especially when Many I looked forget at that. it. Many uh, forget that. Yeah, people forget that. But now with they're allowing Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to play and – they're all on the same team, and it, it ruins the league because it's really not fun watching it because you're just like, well, who can beat them? Houston gave it the old college try, but they didn't do it. And now teams are having to build to beat the Warriors instead of building to see, you know, we want to win a title. Well, you know who you got to go through, and you got to beat the Warriors. So to me, it's just something that I've not enjoyed what I've seen of it. I'm hoping that when Draymond Green leaves – and I'm hoping Clay Thompson doesn't sign a max contract with the Warriors and they fall apart. I want to see what this Warrior team can do with one one or two guys um, and actually make the league fun again. At least that's my stance on it. Uh, what do you think about the Warriors and how they've built this team? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, the the question is now is is it a dynasty, right? I guess that's like the big question now. You know, three titles in four years. Um, you bring on Kevin Durant after year two, and then of course, I mean, I mean, I think we can all agree. I, I mean, at least I can that Kevin Durant, him going to the Warriors was was such a coward move. Um, despite winning oh, yeah. titles now, 
it, it was weak. You know, you you were you were up three one. You had the Warriors beat, and you couldn't close out. And you went to them. To me, it's just absolutely cowardly. But um, you know, I think this year though was the first year we saw them be vulnerable. I mean, I, I think they they look lazy at times, and I think for me that this team may get even lazier. You know, we saw them kind of take games off, even in the playoffs against the Rockets. They took quarters off. Um, they think they can turn it on whenever. And right now they can't because they're that good. But, you know, who knows? If Curry's ankles keep breaking down and, you know, maybe a guy like you know, Draymond, you know, wants out or something like that, this Warriors team, you know, arguably this could be the last time we see them in the finals. And if you recall, you know, even those great Chicago Bulls teams with Jordan, you know, they didn't make, you know, the playoffs. You know, I mean, obviously Jordan took, you know, he retired. But they went three in a row. He retired. They went three in a row again, you know. And even those Lakers team with uh, Shaq and Kobe, you know, going to the finals with the same core and same team more than four times, it, you know, it's pretty rare. Absolutely. Um, we uh, we still got you, right, buddy? Yeah, yeah I'm here. I'm here. Do you, do you, I have a okay. question for you guys. Do you guys think that if Chris Paul was healthy, the Rockets would win that game seven, or do you still think the Warriors have it? Because I think if Chris Paul is healthy – and we're talking about Rockets, Cavs, and you know maybe the Cavs that they have in the series. I I, I disagree. I, I I mockingly earlier in the show said that fall from the from the commercial and uh, Billy Paul, who sings, me and Mrs. Jones could have been there because of the point you made that they take quarters off the Warriors. I don't think the Warriors, when they're down three two, even cared. I, I, they're just to me, they're just so much superior than everybody else. I mean, it's 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 just my opinion, but I, you know, I believe they they knew full well that they could beat the Rockets and 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 you know, full staff, half staff, three quarter staff. But I mean, we'll never know because it, it, he wasn't there, so it's it's up for opinion or debate or what have you. But uh, uh, which which market are you in, Core? Which market am I in? Yeah. New York. You're a New York guy? Well, no. I mean, I'm a Pacers guy. I mean, I'm a Pacers fan, but I, I live in New York. Uh, I, I was born oh. in Indiana, and I, my family decided to move me when I was young, so I didn't really have a choice in that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm going to go a little uh, – I'm going to switch a little bit because Cleveland and, and the war – I'm actually – I was going to ask you, are you rejuvenated? Because I'm, I'm actually rejuvenated because the, the couple weeks we were doing the show during the NBA Finals, was just kind of like I was I was hypnotizing myself into rooting for the Cavs and LeBron just to, you know, have some show content and some excitement and and it was a real letdown after Game One pretty much. Um, upcoming draft, uh, Indiana being your squad or free agency, um, you obviously have Oladipo, who's fantastic, most improved player without question, and. Uh, Okay. Who do you want? Who do you want to see to go to Indiana via um, free agency, trade, draft, et cetera? What are you looking for, position-wise, or maybe even more specific, player-wise, that could help them get over the hump? Um, I mean, I mean, I just want to throw this out there too. If uh, the Cavaliers were lucky, I think the Pacers were the better team in that series. Uh, but Lebron James was just so great, and obviously, um, you know, he is the best player in the league. But. Uh, Looking at free, I mean, draft-wise, you know, the the draft pick, I, I don't see anyone that's going to come in and, and make uh, a huge impact. You know, the last year they drafted. 
You got me, Nate? Yeah, I got you. I think we lost Corey again. Corey, buddy, I think we lost you. Yeah, we lost I, him. Uh, um, I'm, I'm we do have position. another caller. We do have another caller. Hold on just a second. Go ahead, caller. You're on with us. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to try to backfill and catch up where I where I caught you guys. Uh, you were getting into a lot, and you, y'all got a lot of teams in in that, in that little quick time. But uh, as much as I hate David Stern, like, never forget, though, uh, the Hornets at the time were owned by the league. And it wasn't just that they were trying to stop a lopsided trade or didn't want Chris Paul to go to the Lakers. It was they didn't see that as long-term best interest for the Hornets. They were taking on a lot of salary. They were getting guys who were close to the end. Lamar Odom damn near threatened to retire. And they weren't getting, you know, picks. And this is the same Hornets team that ended up getting that Anthony Davis pick the next year. So Stern kind of got vindicated for that one, as ragged as he is and as much bad as we should talk about (laughs) Stern. I do just want to say that. Yeah, Nas, I remember. Right. I remember that pick. <laughs> I remember that. And I remember everybody saying, "Well, the the league owns the Hornets, and they want to sell." Look, you're an NBA team. It happens. All right, Chris Paul didn't want to be there, but they allowed the trade to send him to the Clippers. I'm against that. I didn't like that. Um, I think we got Corey back here. Let me see if I can pull him up here. Yeah, I'm. I'm right, right. But, but the, you're right. But the, there the trade wasn't involved. This was about the league owning this team. And they wanting to sell it, and then they wanting it to have good assets and not, you know, be a team that's heavy on bad contracts and not really, you know, kind of a middle tier team that wasn't going to go anywhere. Lamar Odom and you know, and who did they bring? Gasol, not Gasol. I think yeah, I think Gasol was in that package. Gasol as well. was going. Gasol was going to end up in Houston. Gasol was going to end up in Houston. Right. That that's trade. it. That's it. Yeah, but no matter what, I mean, history kind of. Starting to be right, you know what I mean. They needed to rebuild. They needed to bring Anthony in there, and you know now, Dell Demps is up to them to kind of get the ship straight before he leaves. But yeah, I, I can't knock them too much for that one. Okay. I mean, the, I hey, think Corey, the though, or the the Hornets in that in that trade, they would have gotten Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, and Goran Dragic too. I mean, Dragic obviously, I don't know if, if anyone knew what he was going to be, but even though Lamar Odom said he was going to, you know, retire if that happened, I mean, I still think. Like like you mentioned, I mean, any time the league kind of uh, puts their hand and and makes things, you know, veto the trade and all stuff like that, it's, it's kind of shady. But um, the trade really, to me, like it wasn't terrible. Besides the fact they didn't want the Lakers to be great, I guess. Yeah, see, that's the thing I dispute. Like the people who talk about the league playing favorites, like you can't on one end say they try to tilt things in the Lakers' favor, and then on the other end say, hey, they're trying to punish the Lakers, like. That trade was based on they wanted to sell that franchise and they didn't want that franchise to be just a, you know, a, a, a cluster or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Anthony Davis or the dead bodies of, of Peja and Dragic and, and Kevin Martin. Oh, my <laughs> God, Kevin Martin. The man involved now, in more on. bad trades based on potential than anybody. But, yeah. Now, hold on. Kevin, Kevin Martin in 2012 was not that bad. Ask, ask uh, Sam uh, Sam Presti down in OKC about Kevin Martin. That dude curses his name daily, probably, when he thinks about that Harden <laughs> trade and what he was able to get back and thinking Kevin Martin was a chip. Like, I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm just saying, I think you'd be much better off with Anthony Davis and trying to figure your way out rather than that collection of guys. Well, here here was that trade. Here's the trade that went down, and here's the trade that did that didn't go down. 
All right, so the Lakers would have got Chris Paul. Pau Gasol would go to the Rockets. New Orleans was going to get Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, Lamar Odom. You said he would have retired. Uh, Jordan Drogic, a 2012 first-round pick from the Knicks that Houston had acquired. Instead, Paul goes to the Clippers, and they get Eric Gordon, Chris Kamen, and Al Farouk Aminu, and a Minnesota pick from 2012. You're better Bruh. off with the first deal. You're better yeah, but, okay. off with the what, first what, deal. What, what, what was the status of those contracts? See, because that's a huge part in this. That's not true. taking that more extra true. cap space, not setting yourself up to where you buy this team, and now you got to try to figure it out. See, and, and that's what I mean. Like, this wasn't to stop the Lakers, man. Stern and any other NBA executive likes the Lakers being good, like any other league. So it's not a thing of them trying to stop the Lakers. And if we've been real, man, come on, Chris Paul and, and you know, sort of washed Kobe, eh, there's a ceiling there. I mean, I mean, you could say that this move was the one that made the Clippers relevant, though, because the Clippers weren't relevant until this trade happened. That's point. Yeah, I mean, it, the... it, made, it made them somewhat serious, but they still clipped their way through it. I mean, it was Lob City, but as we saw, Lob City wasn't really that formidable at the end of the day. Uh, Blake and DeAndre, highlights, but not solid play through and through throughout the game. So, Made some great now. sports better. Made some great sports center clips, but but yeah, didn't make any uh, NBA championship legitimate runs for sure. By the way, Kevin Ooh, Martin, the next season, the next season, Kevin Martin averaged fourteen points per game and averaged looks like thirty eight percent from three. I'm not mistaken. No, forty two percent three point shooting, shooting almost five, almost making five threes a game. So. Ooh. Well, God That's damn it! It's bad. 2018. The hell with Kevin Martin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I just did a, a quick little look up on the Clippers' record before they got Chris Paul. Out of 30 seasons before Chris Paul got there, they had two winning seasons. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I, I, as much as I like Chris Paul, we got to talk about the idiocracy of one Donald Sterling, and you know his ideas about a team like, like that ineptitude wasn't like accidental. This was Donald Sterling and what he thought worked and telling Elgin Baylor to draft all these, you know, mistakes. And of course the the injury bug, the Clipper curse, we got to bring that up. So, I mean, they earned those horrible records. Yeah. And uh, the Billy crystal factor, keep him out of that damn building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You cannot be our star, our star fan. No, we got to get something. (laughs) (laughs) That's bad. What do y'all think of the rumor of uh, LeBron even thinking about the Clippers? They're saying the Clippers won't even go after him, but does it make sense to you guys as one of the, you know, dark horse destinations? Uh, you want to go first, Nate? Uh, LeBron to the Clippers. Like, who who do you pair him with there? Like, yeah, they got DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, they got Lou Williams. Uh, Tobias Harris is a decent piece. Avery Bradley. But it's like Patrick Beverly – it, that's not a contender. I would prefer, if I'm LeBron, I would prefer to rather go to a place where I know I'm going to get more money, and, I have, and I'm probably going to be able, if I go there, to bring Paul George with me, and that's the Lakers. Plus, you got Julius Randle, if they decide to keep him, they got good young talent there. Uh, they'll probably get a decent player out of the draft. Nobody amazing, but somebody decent. Lonzo Ball can improve. Brandon Ingram's not bad. LeBron will be able to lure some good shooters there, 
like really good knockdown shooters like um like he always does. He always brings a Kyle Corver or a James a James Jones or a somebody. Ray Allen might come out of retirement. I mean, hell, who knows? Uh <laughs> somebody'll show up there that can shoot the three ball. I don't think I don't think the Clippers makes as much sense as the Lakers do. Uh but that's just me. What do you think, Corey? I mean, I think the Clippers, you're you're hoping for a miracle if you think LeBron James is even going to look at you. I mean, uh, DeAndre Jordan probably isn't going to be back. Um, I mean, Tobias Harris has shown some progress, obviously, but there's too many question marks on that roster. and It just doesn't even look like it's close to being, you know, near a contender. Unless you mentioned, at least with the Lakers, you know, you have all those young pieces that can develop further, and the odds are if you go there, there's more likely to be able to bring in like a Paul George or, you know, whatever other free agent might want to come and join him. Yeah, yeah my, I, I, my I'm opinion. Paul or somebody's coming with him. I'm, I'm making that assumption. Though. But, yeah. I think yeah, the only my, way LeBron my... goes to L.A., though, is if Paul George goes. It, it's like a package deal. I think it's the only way the Lakers get Paul George or LeBron James is if they both go. It's not going to be one or the other. It's going to be both or nothing. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It, it, it would be fruitless not, you know, not to have both or or at least a player akin to that level. Um, but my opinion on the Clippers is, and pretty much on the West in general, outside of Houston as a long shot, I, I don't think LeBron's going to the West despite Vegas odds, despite homes in whatever city, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's staying East and, uh, you know, selfishly, I, I hope he comes here to Philly. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not of the popular opinion, but I, I believe that he and Simmons can coexist. Um, they can. Uh, I think Tim Legler put it away today. Somebody had, had talked about it earlier um, to where whichever side of the ball, uh, you know, comes off the rim and they grab a rebound, then they're the primary ball handler. And, and an example made, which uh, I was pointing out in the playoffs, is when T.J. McConnell came in and played the point, and Ben was more of a slasher, and a lot of his spectacular plays over the year were facilitated by um, T.J. McConnell. And, I, and I'm, I'm not the biggest Markel Fultz fan at all. Um, I don't think he has the mental stability to be great. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't. But anyway, the, I got long-winded. The point is I, I don't think LeBron's going to the Clippers in any way, shape, or form. And I'd be very yeah, surprised I, I, outside of Houston. Right. I hear you. I, I think it's just as viable as all the other places because I don't think he's going anywhere alone. He looks at this as they got a super team. I have to load up to beat them. So I'm saying he, right. he's bringing the caravan with him. Uh, all the reasons you just listed for Philly make sense. Yeah, they already got the building blocks. And, yes, yeah, Simmons actually being guarded by the secondary defender as opposed to being the whole primary reason that their offense moves. Yeah, Simmons is going to eat, eat, and eat well. So I don't know why people keep saying, hey, he might not be able to play with LeBron. No, it's a 6'10 guy who can handle the ball. He's going to have a lot of fun if he plays with LeBron. Uh, folks, I mean, hell, at this point, whatever you salvage from his career is worth it. I mean, he's still a talented, quick dude. Uh, I hate the idea of people telling somebody to change their jump shot, man. I don't care how ugly or, or awkward your jumper is, let that person shoot that awkward jumper and work on it and perfect it. But when you get in somebody's head, we, we see what can happen. Right. Are you telling right, me that you would tell MKG from the Hornets, Michael Michael Kidd Gilchrist, to not change that ugly jumper of his? Uh, first of all, <laughs> I wouldn't have drafted him in the lottery. 
But, yeah, I would tell him to keep shooting the way he's shooting, and he would be the role player, defender, stopper that he's supposed to be as opposed to a lottery pick project, which they – like, that made no sense. Like, he doesn't have Kid the, the wiggle or the bounce that, you know, Simmons does. So it made no sense to draft you know, him that high. Kid Gilchrist puts a side spin on the ball when he shoots. It's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because um, I, I go down to Charlotte from time to time and watch uh, when the Wolves come to town. His shot mm. is so hideous. The only <laughs> shot that I think is, is is uglier in maybe the history of the league might be Sean Marion's jump shot. But Sean, yeah. So I don't care how yeah, ugly your shot is. If it goes in, it goes in. Right. Right. Hey, I'm an I'm an old man, uh, so I had Jamal Wilkes wrapping it around the world, uh, but he, like you said about if it goes in, it goes in. Uh, Jack Sigma making that like double hitch move behind his head, but he was he, he was sticking them as well. So you know if if the style if something ain't broke, don't fix it, man. If if somebody's making a shot, whatever way, as long as it's not easily blocked, I'm down with it. But uh, I just, you know, Fultz is a little bit. I don't know. I was never a Markel Fultz guy. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I have a rough time with this stuff because I don't watch college basketball anymore. So I get introduced to him in the league. So I'm watching this guy and I'm just like, wow, this was the number one pick. How do you work out <laughs> him and Tatum and choose him? Yeah. Um, don't know. There was a story that. <laughs> is kind of breaking that Colangelo overruled uh, everybody else in the organization after Fultz's workout where he was, I said one for 34. I might have been slightly exaggerating, but it might have been four for 34 in his first, uh, you know, 34, 35 uh, three-point attempts. And he just had an awful workout. And, he's, and he came into the league at 62% from the free throw line, uh, as is. And, and and you work out Tatum, and it wasn't a bad workout because I I heard the reports living here, and we uh, we saw what uh what played out. So, and, and that's also interesting. Whenever the boss is dead, man, people start coming with knives for your back, boy. Hey, we wanted to pick him, man. Uh, you know the boss over. <laughs> I don't know if they're lying <laughs> yeah. or not, but I mean, it seems like a heady play, no matter what. You know what I mean? We still got Corey. Boston's always on the right side of things. <laughs> okay. I know they are. Isn't that something, Corey? Corey, I, I wanted to ask you because um, before before you, the last um, technical problem, I was asking about the Pacers, and I got cut off. I didn't hear your response to who you'd like to see there. Um. Well, right. Uh, well, right now, the, the big thing right now around the Pacers is uh, Thaddeus Young. Uh, he has a player option. He's, he's thinking about declining it. Um, which if you decline, that's another $13.5 million, I believe, or $13.6 million that's back in the Pacers' cap space. And then the Pacers do have money to go after um, what I think would be probably Aaron Gordon. Then they go after one of these restricted free agents, maybe a Jabari Parker. Um, there's a lot of – in the Pacers' fandom, there's a lot of rumors around about the Pacers are possibly targeting Paul George. I think that's uh, baloney. I don't think the Pacers have any interest in – um, rekindling a relationship, although I think it could be really good if he was to play on that roster. And Nikola Deep, I think defensively they could be really tough. Um, but I think likely they're going to go after one of those Richard free agents and either Aaron Gordon or a Jabari Parker. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Ooh. That could be that could Jabari, be an interesting Jabari's element if, if Aaron Gordon. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry about that. But if Aaron Gordon were to go there and rekindle that relationship with Victor Oladipo that they established in Orlando, that would be an interesting dynamic for Indiana because you then you'd have a Miles Turner, Aaron Gordon uh, front court there, and that that would that could be really fun um, for Maybe Indiana. Fast. And I think. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. They'd be, they'd be really fast. But, but, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Nas, I didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. Go ahead. No, no, my bad. No, that's all I, got. I think Aaron Gordon is going to be expensive, and I think they're going to walk away from it. But I think Jabari is going to come at a reasonable price because you're betting on him being healthy and you're betting on the potential that he showed before. So I think Jabari is more likely. But I think Aaron Gordon, I think we're going to see a crazy number that's going to upset a lot of people for Aaron Gordon. Uh, and I just don't know if he really has a position. I'm not a big Aaron Gordon guy. You know, it sucks either. for me. I, you know, a lot of people have recentist or revisionist history here in Philadelphia with the Sam Hinkie thing. Um, the whole narrative during that uh, rookie class was winless for Wiggins. And I was a proponent of Aaron Gordon. I loved him in, in high school. And he, he, Parker, and Wiggins seemingly were the top three as Embiid had barely played like five real games in his whole life at that point. But um, And Julius Randle was there as well. Um, I was so high on Gordon because he seemed he had that athleticism. And it seemed like he just had a few pieces left that he'd have to learn as he grew as a, as a man for one, and as an NBA player with all that, you know, coaching and such around him. And he's been a letdown. So I agree a big number on him would be terrible, but Jabari Parker is interesting to me because he's a bad dude, man. He He's had those injuries, but if, you know, uh, kind of, you know, not to the degree of Livingston, but he had those knees jacked up early on and, and, I don't think we've seen Jabari Parker at his best yet. I uh, I don't know if I'd sell the farm for him, but I think he's a lot. He has a lot more upside than people are giving him. That's that's just my opinion. I think if Jabari yeah. Parker hits the floor, he's going to be one of the most talented players in this league in the next like five ten years. I I love his. I mean, that one year that him and Austin Kupo, um were both healthy. I think Chris Middleton missed the first half of that season. I think it was not last year, but the year before. Um, that Bucks team looked really fun, and I kept thinking, you know, I can't wait for Chris Middleton to get back. And the first game Chris Middleton got back is when Jabari blew out his ACL for the second time. Um, so, like yeah. you said, you know, we really haven't seen Jabari healthy, or even that Bucks team fully healthy. But, I mean, when Parker's been healthy, you know, offensively and running the floor, he's just really good in transition. Um, defensively uh, is where, you know, there's a lot of question marks. He, he looks flat-footed at times. He's not very laterally quick. But um, offensively, he could be a really good scorer. Yeah, you're on the same page with me on that. Nate, you going to ruin it and not agree with us three? No, I agree with you. I'm just waiting on everybody to get finished. You know, hey, you know, this turned into a little uh, four-way roundtable discussion here. You know, I, I don't. It's it's been. I really enjoyed it. You know, we've we've hit a lot of topics here. Um, I just read online, by the way, not to to change the subject. I looked. Uh, the rumor going around is somehow, some way, the Warriors are trying to land Anthony Davis. I know we, I think we mentioned this earlier in the show. 
I don't know how. There's talk that they they want to trade Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and pull Anthony Davis to the Warriors. I don't see it. I don't know how that could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, it's all rumors. None of this is being. It says it's gaining traction. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. What else? What else are they adding where they're not getting hung up on? As great as Draymond and Clay are, that ain't enough. I'm sorry, young Anthony Davis. No, no, I, no sir. I wouldn't take it. There's no way I'd take that deal. I don't even think fuck we should discuss that. Fuck all that noise. That shit ain't. I mean, fuck yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, here's the thing: if you're if you're the Pelicans and you trade your cornerstone player, your franchise player who has signed an extension with you for Draymond Green, who wants a max deal, and, and he's not even worth. He's not even worth what he's getting right now, as far as I'm concerned, because he's not that good. And Clay Thompson, whose contract is up next year, why would you make that trade? That would be just stupid. So people believe anything, I guess. I don't know. Clickbait, if you ask me. For, for yeah, me, and, too. You know, and, and Draymond is worth that to Golden State. But outside of Golden State, you know, like you said, it's just not worth it. Sorry for cutting in, man. Go ahead. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. I agree wholeheartedly with that. You know, Draymond Green is, I think, fantastic with the, what the Warriors do. But, like, you know, the the technicals and all that, I feel like they get excused by the team because they're winning. You know, if he's on the Pelicans and he's being a head case, he's no better than DeMarcus Cousins to a, to a degree because he's always whining. Yeah, uh, he certainly uh, – uh, we, we hear – Nate and I are not the biggest fans of uh, Draymond's mental state during the during the games. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him. Period. He's a jerk and he sucks. Uh, well, that's <laughs> your deal. Um, I, I I think he's a little bit uh, off keel. I, I you know usually I like that kind of crazy in my players, but I, it's hard to tell with him because he's been surrounded with such greatness uh, in the championship years, but. I love me some Marcus Smart, who just gets in people's heads, and I love me, you know, they're not the uh, perennial all-stars or anything, but if I can find a spot on my squad for those crazies, like even Rondo in in his aging, you know, this late in his his career, um, who who, he got in the – what series was he getting in somebody's face talking all that nonsense this this playoff Uh, season? Portland. Against the Warriors. Against Portland. Yeah, yeah he's him and Draymond going and back and forth. I, yeah, I love too. me some crazy-ass players, man. I, I I wish – I hope the Sixers keep T.J. McConnell, who's not quite as crazy. They they exercise the option to keep him, but I hope that isn't for some other reason or, you know, other than actually keeping him here. Uh, I love the guys that are diving on the floor. And we all know, the four of us, it's not a rule, but it's kind of an unwritten rule. When you know an opposing team scores, and then you're inbounding a first quarter chill kind of vibe, TJ McConnell's coming up and stealing your inbounds pass. I love yeah. breaking the unwritten rules of the NBA, man. I love those kind of guys. Yeah, those guys, the guy. Well, I'll just say these two: TJ McConnell and, and Marcus Smart fit this. There's uh, regular Draymond crazy or Demarcus crazy, which is you know that's you know we always see those guys, but these two guys are. I'm not going back to the G League crazy, meaning I'm not getting on a bus ever again in my life. I'm going to play with everything I got. I'm going to take every shortcut I can. I will cut off your finger to make sure I stay in this rotation. 
Like, that's the kind of crazy McConnell and Marcus Smart are. If they're on your team, you like them. If you don't, if they're not, you hate them. But, yeah, they're just yeah. The kind of crazy. Draymond is kind of – go ahead, Corey. I'm sorry. I said that's a good comparison. It's a very good <laughs> comparison. And Draymond, to me, Draymond Green's kind of the, the crazy I see when it comes to uh, women – it's the kind of crazy I see, man, I hate to see somebody get stuck with that kind of crazy. And then you or your good friend ends up with a crazy chick and you're like, oh, my God, why do we have this? I don't. I didn't want this. I don't need this. And then you're stuck with them because you can't get rid of them because they signed a contract with you. And you're oh, God. But, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Draymond's the kind of one. person for when he gets dumped, he calls you and says, I need closure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but, but – but 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 the thing is, you kind of at a moment of weakness give in, and that motherfucker's so good in bed, you're back in the relationship. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, maybe he's changed. Maybe she's changed. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's he's, he's the biggest beneficiary of this era, man. Draymond is the biggest beneficiary of this era. Playing small ball all of the time and, you know, the amount of threes and spacing that's necessary to be good now. And the fact that he doesn't have to actually deal with real fours and fives uh, who are going to get the offense ran through them. Because Draymond is about 6'6", six, six, man. Like, he's strong as hell for, his, you know, for, for how big he is. But, he, I mean, he's only so big. And if he was in another era where the pounding was a little more down low, ah, uh, man, I, I don't think we see him be nearly as effective or healthy. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I know, I know he'd be a target if he if he had the same personality too. I'd love uh, to see Draymond try to go in on Bill Lambeer. That would be the greatest thing to ever happen. Or or a Knicks or or a New York Knicks front line with uh, a Charles Oakley would eat him. <laughs> uh, Anthony Mason. I mean, they had some they had some beef down there. I'm still scared of Charles Oakley to this day. I have a question for yeah, you guys. I, I saw a headline today when I was at work, um, and I want you guys' opinion on it. The Grizzlies owner, Robert Perro, said that he doesn't see any reason why the Grizzlies can't win 50 games this next year. Do, do, do you guys have any thoughts on that uh, ridiculous take, in my opinion? There's only uh, one uh, – there's only one uh, reason why they can't win 50 games, and that's because they're the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, that's why they're not going to win 50 games. Look at that roster. You know, you got Mike Conley making you – know, he was at one point the highest-paid player in the league on a five-year deal. He got the, the biggest contract, like, ever, and it's Mike Conley. Let's think about that for a minute. He made more money than LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Mike Conley. And you tell me you're going to win 50 games? Uh, I guess they if you pretty believe much it, had, yeah. they pretty much had Tyreek Evans, uh, his back, his bags packed, uh, yeah. for anywhere, you know, to go. And they and couldn't give happened. him away. The contract yeah, Tyreek yeah. Evans had was so bad. They couldn't give him away. They tried to get a pick. Nobody would take him. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't want to bust on Tyreek because he comes from Chester, which is right around the corner from me. But, uh, you know, um, to say 50 wins, like, uh, core, man, I, I don't know if that dude was, uh, you know, with the NFL owner, Ursay and like a rich man's deal, smoking some crack and drinking some beers or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that was a that's a little bit far fetched. Yeah, his statement kind of just shows you what their problem is. They had the grit and grind era. It was a really good era. They had a really good fan base, and they should have just enjoyed it. And then when it was time to end it, they should have ended it. Uh, they tried to keep it going. Yes, you should have traded Mike Conley or let him walk. You shouldn't have given him that deal. Uh, you, now you're trying to do something, I guess, with Gasol. And like you said, with Tariq Evans, they should have been able to get rid of uh, Evans. I don't know what calls they made or who they were calling because I'm sure Cleveland would have done something with them. But, yeah, yeah. man, that, that that franchise is in bad shape because, look, if Gasol comes back healthy, he makes you too good to be bad enough to even start to rebuild full scale. So you're in the worst place ever. You know, you're in no man's land. Yeah, what are they taking, Nate? What number is that? They got the fourth pick. They got the fourth pick. They were actually uh, one of the teams that got bumped out of the top three due to the lottery, Mm -hmm. so they actually got some bad luck. They got the fourth pick in the draft. Um, They're still going to get a good player, but their only problem is, you know, where where do they go? What do they do? They've got Tyreek Evans, who they couldn't give away. They've just got a bad roster. And Mike Conley's making a ridiculous amount of money. Gasol's not the Gasol of old. Um, Zach Randolph left, and they're actually retiring his jersey, from what I heard. They're going to retire Randolph's jersey, and Randolph's still playing in the league out in Sacramento. Um, they got Mario Chalmers, uh, Jermichael Green. They got one of the Harrison twins, Andrew Harrison. Uh, they've got Chandler Parsons, who has just underperformed. Good Lord, is that boy underperformed out there. He went from Chandler Parsons when he was in um, – Houston was pl- was a great player, and he came over. He got yeah, his a huge contract. Uh, his, his body, body did fall apart. apart. It was bad. How bad? How bad he? Because he he just had a horrible year this year. I'm trying to the statistics aren't popping up here where I'm at, but he just had a really bad season this year, and he's on a really big contract. So, and he's 29 years old. So. The Grizzlies have more – I think the the bottom has not fallen out all the way yet for the Grizzlies. Um, they've got to they've got to fall a little farther before they start to get better. I mean, they, they tried really hard to get rid of Tyreek Evans. I mean, they sat him, and they didn't play him during the like right before the trade deadline. But the issue is they only wanted a first round pick for him, and he's on an expiring deal. He's a free agent this year. And no one wanted to give up a first round pick for a guy who's probably going to walk in the offseason. And because, you know, exactly. you know, he only made $3.2 million last year, and he's going to make probably 12 to $13 million. He had a really good year for them. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Maybe if, uh, if they would have took a second round pick for him, maybe. Like, maybe you could have stole one of Philly's back to back second round picks in the early second round for him. I think Philly, I think he'd have been a great fit in Philly. Uh, the Cavs did, actually. The Cavs nope. offered them a first and a second, and they said no. That's insane to me. I don't know why they do such a thing. Right. They're clearly playing uh, the lost season as well. You know what I mean? It was a lost season. They knew there was going to be lotto. So, I mean, yeah, that, it makes no sense. Yeah, that that dude, he, he's, you know, he's a little thrown. He he, he should have been in the, uh, uh, the Marcus Smart, Draymond Green conversation and thrown in the, the crazy, but uh, in his own league. Of craziness, um, <laughs> but I don't want to make any prediction because damn, if they won't win like fifty-five, if I put something crazy up and I have to walk naked down the street or something, so I'll wait <laughs> to see this off season. 
But well, don't be like that dude in Cleveland uh, during the NFL draft that said he would eat crap if they drafted Baker Mayfield first. So, yeah, you might want to be careful on that one. Yeah, when they open up the gambling stuff, uh, I want to hear. I want to see owners like I want them to show me their betting slip when they make these kind of proclamations. Okay, put money on it. Let, let yeah. us know you really believe that. Yeah, I'll take like the under. Be up sick, ticket up season ticket holders. It sounds like you're talking yeah. to the season ticket holders and trying to hustle them, but yeah. I'll give them. I'll give them thirty. I'll give them thirty-eight wins, and I'll take the under on them. I don't see that happening at all. Me either. I don't know. And they got a good um, fan base too, man. Well, gentlemen, we are winding down no here on the what. show. We've got. Well, yeah, the Memphis fan base is very loyal to them. Uh, but, gentlemen, we're winding down here. Uh, we're going to get ready and finish up the show. We've only got a couple minutes left. we got a couple sponsors to plug, and we're going to get out of here. Corey, Naj, thank you so much for joining us here as we've turned into an impromptu uh, talk session about the NBA. And, Corey, again, check out Corey online if you're listening. to. Uh, he's on by Off the Glass and Full Access Hoops. Corey, go ahead and plug where you're at online, buddy. Yeah, um, you, I mean, you, you you set me up pretty well for that. Uh, Full Access Hoops, you guys can follow me, you know, Twitter, Blog Talk Radio. I'm also a podcast on here. Um, the NBA Outlet, another podcast I do also on Blog Talk Radio for Off the Glass, which is OTGBasketball.com. Um, again, boys, thank you for having me on, and anytime you want to get me on in the future, I'll be happy to call in. Yeah, oh, thank right you on, for man. joining us. It's been fun. Thanks, Corey. Everybody it, check it, out it Corey up, online. It ended up uh, with – Naj, you're still there too, right? Yeah, Naj is here. Yeah, I'm here. It ended up working out perfect because uh, Naj had to be put on hold for a sponsor last week. And uh, it ended up uh, that good that you had that technical difficulty because it made the four different personalities in different markets and made for a fun couple of minutes. So thank both of y'all. Naj, you have any, uh, I mean, you're not an official guest guest, but do you have any uh, social media you want to get out there before we, you know, cut out? Uh, no, man, good luck with the show. Sounds good. I'll definitely check you guys out in the future. I'll just be, you know, arguing with people at barbershops and everything else and being opinionated like all the sports folks do. You know how it goes. Right? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing so, wrong with that. Indeed. So, Corey, Nas, thank you guys for jumping on with us. Uh, you guys have a thank good you. evening. You as well. Bye, guys. Right. Same to you. Peace. Yeah. Well, TR and I are going to take one more sponsor break, and we'll be right back to wrap up the show. Hello, my name is Kennedy Miller, and I'm a beauty guide for Limelight by Alcone. We are a professional makeup company now being offered to the public after over 60-plus years in the industry. My website is limelifebyalcone.com backslash makeupkennedy. I can also be found on Facebook as Makeup Kennedy. To contact me about products or joining my team, you can email me at makeupkennedy at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting to hear from you. All right, that's Makeup Kennedy, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. Big thanks to all of our sponsors, Makeup Kennedy, wowfreecam.com, and the law offices of Stephen P. New at New Law Office. Dot com. TR, man, what a fun show we've had tonight. Had some, you know, got to talk to Tom Moore, talked a lot about, you know, the upcoming draft, and then had Naj and Corey jump on with us, and we really had a, a, an interesting show this evening. Not how I pictured it going, but it was a good time. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
and uh, you know, I, I, it was it was like kind of in the beginning with Tom, it was uh, journalistic, and uh, you know, I learned a few things literally that I didn't know the. I still don't know his name off the top of my head, but the candidate from Boston for our GM is a salary cap expert, which is huge. Uh, yeah, besides the, the analytics, especially in this off season and moving parts and making deals with a guy like JJ Redick or or not making deals or whatever, you know what I mean? So that was awesome. Yeah. And then uh, the way it kind of worked out, uh, four personalities that that ha- all had a good sense of humor at one time, which is uh, pretty badass, which I always enjoy. Yeah, it's definitely, it, like Nas said, it's like that barbershop. You know, everybody's sitting around, which me and you don't know much about a barbershop lately, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, yeah. uh, you know, that, that that's just a, sitting that's, around that's shooting a, the breeze. That's a Go shaving ahead. our head joke, just in case anybody – would take that out of context um that's a bald joke for me because i'm bald so overlook me yeah. even <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it was it was a fun show and next week will be the draft the nba draft special um tim and tom show was on last night on the wide men network you can check it out here we had the sunday night round table which went you know we had a good time on there and we'll probably have more sunday night round table coming up on sun this sunday uh, probably talking a little money in the bank because that uh, wrestling pay-per-view will be on Sunday. So if you're a wrestling fan, tune into that. Um, you won't, again, our sponsors, Law Offices of Stephen P. New, newlawoffice.com, wowfreecam.com, makeupkennedy at facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. Also, uh, you can download any and all episodes of our show in our back catalog. You can access our RSS feed at blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, Pod Paradise, iHeartRadio. Uh, we're also over on the All Pro Nation Network. You can check us out over there. Thanks to guys at All Pro Nation for getting us over there and getting some more people listening to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow t- follow the show on Twitter at Wide Jump. We're on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump. You can also find us. Um, on face, well, we're on Facebook. Tr and I are, but we're not. Uh, we're we're kind of the Facebook. We've kind of died down a little bit. We've got a uh, we've got a group. We're if you'd like to move. join the group, yeah, we're making a move right now. Uh, if you want to join the group, let us know, and we will personally add you to our growing Facebook group. As we want to have everyone involved in our group, we we just don't want to deal with trolls. That's basically yeah. it. Um. TR, anything you want to add, brother, before we get out of here? Nah, follow at TR Shock, but if you're, that's me personally, but uh, follow at Y Jump as your priority because um, we got so many guests and so many thousands of listeners. Not, I'm not stretching it. I'm not saying we have 100,000 or nothing, but, you know, uh, follow the page too because, you know, we'll, we'd like to interact other than just here at the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, for TR, I'm Nate. Thanks again to Naj, to Corey, and to Tom Moore for getting on with us tonight. Had a fun show. TR, let's send it home, brother, again next week. Don't forget, next week we'll be up Wednesday evening before the draft. TR, send it home, buddy. Can't wait. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. 
You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump.